Welcome to On the Bridge. I'm your host, Heidi Bianchi. Join me as we embark on a journey filled with insights on event planning, pop culture, and all things that excite me. Inspired by the name of my company, The Bridge Event Academy, this podcast offers a fun break for you to laugh and learn with me. Expect to hear from special guests who will provide their words of wisdom about events and life. As we sit together on the bridge, let's share stories and have some fun. This is my first podcast, so I'm thrilled to have you join me on this exciting new adventure. Let's sit on the bridge together. Hello, and welcome to On the Bridge. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Kyla Alexandri. And Kyla is a very driven individual and member of the bridge team here. She recently completed her undergraduate degree in recreation and leisure studies with a minor in event management. Kyla works part-time for the very prestigious Bridge Event Academy, doing marketing and social media and being a friend to me and anyone who comes our way. Kyla has a very fun fact that she has read over 72 books this year. And it is September, people. So Kyla loves to read. So she will be giving book recommendations at the end of this. And I have a few myself because I love to read. So welcome, Kyla. Welcome to the bridge. How are you today? So happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm doing well. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. It's a busy time. You've had like event planning in your blood from a very young age. And tell me a little bit about your like first memory of like doing events so there's like two separate origin stories I have like the part of me that was just like planning events and then my actual recognition that I could have a career in planning events um, when I was they're very separate they're very they're separate but they're really similar um I'm the oldest of my cousins and so something that I wanted to do as a way to hang out with them is when I was at the end of my elementary school, going into middle school years, I would plan cousins camps where I'd have all my little cousins and I come and we'd theme things and we'd do different activities. I did like a space themed one where we built a spaceship out of a cardboard box and like all those like little kiddo activities. And then the second part of that is when I was in sixth grade, I got to help out my auntie Sarah, who's a former colleague of yours, who took me on an event with her in Irvine and we spent 24 hours in Irvine planning and prepping the last minute get together things for this family event that she was planning at the time and I did all this work with her and it was like the most adrenaline filled 24 hours of my life it was like the most fun some of the most memorable like experiences and I was like I can do this for a living Um, and that kind of started the path of when I started looking for colleges my sophomore year of high school, that kind of was like, I want to be able to do that. And so I looked at a lot of programs that would provide me with the tools to actually start working in events. And the rest is history. (laughs) I have a cute story I want to share with you because you were planning your little cousin get togethers and stuff. Every summer, my sister and I, we we vacationed with another family that had two sisters as well. And at the last night of vacation, which was like, probably five or six days long, we would do a performance and it involved a theme and props and lip syncing. And 
you are talking to a member of what is what was called the Lake Tahoe Ladies, the LLL. And so I enjoy a good performance. So I, I, I see how it, it starts young with like little things. And then the more you're around it, you're like, this is an actual thing I can do. So it's kind of fun. So thank you for letting me share that story. So that was really a fun memory when you said your cousins, because they were like, they still are like my cousins. I feel like that's a big origin though. And a lot, like I remember performing all the time. I can't sing, but I would perform all the time. <laughs> I fancy myself a dancer as well, which is a hilarious, uh, according to the children. Cause they're like, what's your special talent? I'm like, oh, I'm a dancer. All right. So you went to college and what the heck is this recreation and leisure studies degree, minor in event management. So fancy. What, is, what does that mean you study? What the heck? Uh, how do you become an event person? Tell me. <laughs> I stumbled upon the degree also from my auntie, Sarah. She got the same degree, but at a different university. Um, mm-hmm. And I originally, when I was college hunting, I was like, oh, I could just get into business and minor in event management because there is no such thing, at least when I was looking into college for a bachelor's in event management. They only had like certificates or minors. And so I was like, if Auntie Sarah could do it and I want to be like Auntie Sarah, I can do it too. When I was looking for colleges, it's a very small program where only a couple of schools um, on the West Coast offer recreation and leisure studies. But in my brain, I would have rather done recreation than go the business route just because I don't want to take accounting. I don't want to take economics. <laughs> and so I went to Cal State Long Beach. I found that they had one of the top programs in the country for um, in the hospitality space as well as the recreation space. And so I got to kind of blend both of those. And so I got a really well-rounded education where I also, part of my degree that I didn't share with you on top of the recreation, I got an emphasis in travel and tourism. So I also took classes regarding resort management and the history of tourism, um, because that's really what I'm most interested in. And I feel can overlap really well with the events, especially um, working in a more corporate or tourist space setting and so I spent a lot of time studying you know the the history of leisure and why we need leisure and the kind of the more not scientific side of things but like the social science philosophy side of recreation and leisure and why it's necessary as humans and then using that philosophy to bring it forth in my event experience and sharing that and and weaving that into um, how I view events and how I put on events and things like that. I think this is one of the things about events that like people are like, events will never die because people do want to get together. They do want to be in person. They do need to connect. I guess you studied there's actually like physiological and social reasons for this. There's a whole bunch of one of the last classes that I took to finish off my degree was the philosophy of leisure. Um, And so there's bunches of studies basically originating from like Plato and Aristotle and then going into more modern philosophy of leisure. And and of course, there's different schools of thought with different forms of leisure of like the harmful leisure and justifying if well, if this activity brings me joy, it should be okay. And, and you know, different arguments on, on that sense of things. There is like a physiological thing that happens in our brain where when we are able to participate in leisure or in, in recreation, it 
better serves our well-being in their studies that prove that it makes us a more productive society and a happier society, how leisure faces with work and how leisure faces with growing up and how leisure looks different from when we are young to when we are older and retired and things like that. And so it's something that we don't emphasize enough here in the United States, but there are plenty of studies on a more global standpoint where they recognize that leisure is one of the utmost important necessities in being a human and in functioning as a human. And I think what I'm hearing you say a little bit, too, is like, how do you incorporate leisure into your corporate event to make it more fun to have these interactions? You can apply it to so many different things. And one of the bits of things that I studied was conference and convention planning, big in, which is big, you know, in the corporate space and stuff like that. And kind of looking at the idea of how can we find that balance of like in a work-based setting where people can still be at leisure, but you're also getting stuff done at your exec retreat or something like that, where it's like, is it really leisure because I'm technically on the job? Um, and, and kind of looking at that and how you can kind of mold your definition of leisure around, you know, your work retreats or your conference and kind of finding that like balance if you will and then <laughs> while you were in school I think everyone should know all the work that you had to do like tell us about that it warped my brain a bit but um the philosophy that my college program had was you can't get anywhere in the, the field unless you have experience which I which I think everyone you talk to in the industry is like you need experience you need connections Part of the program is over the time that you are pursuing your degree, you have either two options. You can work a thousand hours in internships, volunteer, a job that is in a recreation facing job or recreation facing field. Or you could work, like take a class that qualifies as like $500. I took the hard way out. I made my life harder, but I, I, I benefited from it in the long run. After you finish that 1000 hours, you also have to work a 400 hour internship. Yeah. Like how many days is that? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. After the thousand hours, what you, thousand, to you have to, you have to get a thousand hours to essentially qualify to taking the internship class um, and work a 400 hour internship, which is technically a class that you're required to finish with your degree. And that's like the last phase of your degree. So I spent this past summer working 400 hours at a historic site in Long Beach and working on their site use team. And then, so in total, I've worked 1400 hours in the past three years while also being a full-time student, which <laughs> is kind of crazy uh, to think yes, about. I just did an average of like, if you did 1400 hours divided by eight hours a day, it's 175 days of extra work that you were doing a little, and you like maybe some days you worked eight hours, but some of it was probably dribs and drabs too. So holy moly, that is a lot. Was your summer internship at the same place you were doing your hours at? Okay. Yeah, part, yeah, yeah. And it's a historical site in Southern California that hosts events, mostly weddings or? Um, it varies. So I worked at Rancho Los Cerritos um, in Long Beach. It's originally a historic site. Like our, our forefront is being a museum. We're free to the public. The city of Long Beach was founded basically on the original property that was Rancho Los Cerritos. But on top of that, as a form of making revenue, we also do events. And so I worked under our site use coordinator. Um, and so we are an outdoor venue and most of our stuff was weddings, but we also have done baby showers, quinceañeras, bridal showers. We have kind of open-ended, you can do anything. 
we've also done like beer fests where we partnered with a craft brew company in Long Beach and they bring their home brewers and you get to drink good beer and they have live music and and it it's a really fun time. So we also have events that are like public facing as well that aren't just like for the, on the more private we're kind of bringing back the more of those public events post COVID and we'll have exhibit opening events because we also have an exhibit that is ever rotating every 12 to 18 months. Um, and so we do a lot of different, it's a, it's a very diverse event setting. So I've kind of gotten to see everything from weddings to quinceaneras to baby showers to birthday party, all, all of the things as well as working on a site that has uh that's older than the state of california so i got kind of two different experiences so when when i had delphina on and she gave me the advice of like what makes a good guess or what's your observations you want to give me a few top observations about being a good guest or do you want to talk about like events horror stories it's totally we can do both most of my event experience uh, as of right now has come from like just working weddings. And I, I haven't really had much uh, hands-on with planning, but more so site management, which I think is not talked about a lot um, in the rec field because a lot of, or in the event field, because a lot of people are event planning. Um, we're more site use. So monitoring the site, protecting the site while also enforcing policies of the site and arranging. Oh, we have a, yeah. we have a tree that was planted in the 1880s, I think. And it is just ginormous and a good chunk of my job has been to yell at people to get off my tree because I work in an outdoor site I get a lot of weird questions of like is this venue outdoors is there indoor seating do I have to walk very far and I think if you want to be a good wedding guest and your wedding invitation tells you I'm getting married at x spot on this day google it just look at <laughs> the site Look it up, maybe understand it a little bit more because I would do that because, but that's also just because I'm me and I like to be prepared. I, I'm an event planner, like it's in my blood. So um, read the menu before we go to the restaurant. Exactly, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something as someone who is the navigation person and I get asked, is this an outdoor venue? It's like, yes. It's still outdoors, hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything outdoors. Million years we've been here. Yeah. Always been let out you It's a liability because we're a museum, so we can't mm-hmm. let you rage in the house. That's the big one. Is like looking into where you're actually attending. Um, I also think, and because again, I work a lot of weddings. I think understanding that, like, when we tell you not to do something, it is because we are a public site, not someone's backyard. And even though technically it was someone's backyard in the 1930s, it's 2023. We aren't someone's backyard anymore. Maybe we we tell people certain things out of respect for the site, because like I said, it is older than the state of California. So it has some roots and some bones that are really important. And it's not just something that you can go thrash. But that's also just a people problem because I think there's different types of people that come to different places and they have different expectations versus what the reality can be. It's very interesting, though, to kind of interact with different kinds of people who maybe have a sense of entitlement to a property or think that they own the place when they haven't even foot the bill. It's always fun. That's always that a lot of my horror stories come from those those specific experiences. Yeah. You're in a bit of a transition right now, right? So you're done with the work, you're, you moved, you might be moving again. You want to tell us about what your current plans are and what you're thinking about? Yeah, I actually still have 
because part of the program that was facilitating my internship, I had extra hours. So I'm actually working those hours from home right now for the next few weeks, just helping with some project proposals. So I still need to kind of get my hands into the actual planning process of things, which is really fun, Um, doing lots of research. Basically, after September, I have some travel plans. I'm going to the East Coast with my parents in the fall to have a New England girl autumn, basically. And get oh, to I like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, fall is my favorite season, so I'm very much looking forward to actually experiencing fall than my Central California 80-degree heat that I get to live through in the middle of September or going in through September. I got into grad school yesterday. Yeah, you so, did. What are you wanting to focus on at grad school? Tell me. I want to get my master's in sustainable tourism. So leeching on to this is or the tourism part of my uh, undergraduate degree. I had a professor. She is one of my mentors um, and all of her classes. She integrated sustainability um, because uh, it's again something I don't think we talk about enough in the field because we are a new field, a newly recognized field as being a legitimate career path where maybe 20 years ago it was a lot harder to understand what an event planner actually was. Um, And so because of that and a lot of legislation, the tourism industry and event industries are getting a lot of heat for contributing to climate change and things like that. And so studying kind of how we as providers can better enhance our practices while still providing really amazing experiences, but with also the environment um, at the forefront Um, and not just the environment, but like the social and economic infrastructures that also play a part. So I want to study that and perhaps use that as a gateway to get into consulting and helping other event professionals get better at being sustainable and more environmentally conscious while delivering the same high quality events or even making them better. What's like one or two things that immediately come to your mind when you're like, oh, I want to do have have my event be more sustainable. It's like recycling. I think it's bigger than recycling, right? Like definitely is bigger than recycling. <laughs> Um, in a lot of event spaces, like for example, in the convention, for, but not even just in the convention spaces, just any event where you have a larger gathering of people, food waste is a major uh. thing. And also transportation. If you think about certain conventions or certain events, you're flying people out to a certain place. Mm-hmm. So it's asking yourself the question of, you know, how can I minimize my emissions in this process? How can I minimize my waste um, or single use products and things like that? And so um, like do it like I've done a couple case studies on different convention centers across the United States that have really put these ideas in the forefront of acknowledging like, okay, if we have all this food, what do we do with it that's left over? And so is looking into different shelters or different community organizations that give back to the community. Or if you are doing something that maybe like you're flying people out, what can you do within the city? that maybe one, lessens the impact on the city's resources, um, but two, what can you do within the city that maybe you can kind of net zero your emissions if you're flying somewhere? Maybe it's taking an electric bike throughout the community or busing or finding a way of community trans- or communal transportation. It's so layered and so complicated. And I could talk about this for hours and I don't even have my master's degree in it yet. So. But I, it, it's something that is really fun to think about because it's just like an intense puzzle. And I really like puzzles. Mm-hmm. There you go. So that this is going to be great. I can't wait to talk to you in a few months and have you back and talk about where you decided to go and how the program's going and everything. I want to check in on your, you know, 70 plus books that you've read this year. Do you want to give a top five or top two or I know? Oh. 
I have lots of top somethings because I read across genres. <laughs> I'll tell you my top one so far for 2023 is um, lessons in chemistry. Those are my awesome. most favorite I've read so far. It it's like a year-long hold because it just took the world by storm. And so I'm waiting for it to come off hold at my library. So I Oh, can... you haven't read it? Oh, no. I haven't been able to get my hands on it, but it is something oh. that I'm very interested um, in reading. I'm trying to think of some of my favorites. I have I read... to gift it to you. It's so good. I read a lot of, like, fantasy. I read a lot of romance. I read a lot of stuff that pulls me out of, like, the present. Yes. One of my favorite fantasy reads, it's actually a trilogy. The third book comes out in October. It's called Once Upon a Broken Heart. Um, it's not quite the super intense high fantasy. It's more fairy tale. Um, mm -hmm. It's young adult, but it is one of the most tingly, like, Once Upon a Fairy Tale? Is that what you just said? Once Upon a Broken Heart. Oh, okay. It's very, it's very Broken Heart. It's very, mm -hmm. like, it has, like, this similar, like, whimsy of, like, Alice in Wonderland, or <laughs> it's one of my favorite books I've read this year. The cliffhanger of the second book, I threw the book across the room, and now I had to wait, like, six, I think six months in between that book and the new book coming out next month. As for romance, mm -hmm. um, which is my most read genre, um, Emily Henry is one of my favorite authors of all time. Her books are romance, but not... 100% romance where you're also dealing with people who are dealing with really hard things in life and they're trying to find themselves and through finding themselves they also find love for themselves and another person um, my favorite by her is Beach Read um, and I think anyone well, yeah, I, read that. I was like I think she wrote Beach Read I was just looking up yeah 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 and book lovers oh Beach Read book lovers happy place people we meet on vacation I read all those yeah I think for nonfiction, Jeanette McCurdy's book, I'm Glad My Mom Died, was especially someone who grew up with that show, watching Sam and Cat and I Carly, and then getting to read her uh -huh. story. It was a really hard story to read because she went through some really hard stuff. It, it was one of those books that just like really made you think really hard about the world of like child acting and what we do for entertainment and the sacrifices that we as a society are willing to make um, in order to be entertained. And so that was a great one. I'm looking at my bookshelf. Oh, I also love historical fiction. I love, if it comes, <laughs> at this point, if it comes on words on paper, I'll probably read it. But there is a book called Lovely War. I actually read it last year, but it is a book that I continually recommend. It's essentially a dual timeline book. It follows a love story of a woman or a love triangle between a woman and I believe two other men during World War II. And it is being told by Aphrodite and Hades and Apollo, I believe. There's three Greek gods. They were dealing with their Greek god issues at the same time while telling the story of this woman experiencing love and loss during World War II. Um, it was one of my favorite books I read last year. It's excellent. And it's wonderful. Another historical fiction, The Lost Apothecary. If you're into like feminist fiction, historical feminist fiction, I would say it follows again, dual timeline of a woman in the present and then the woman in the 18. Oh, that was really good. That was really good. Yeah. You like read it? Yeah. yeah. The, the author also did the London Seance Society, which came out earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Similar tone. Excellent. If you're into like the witchy occult of the Victorian era, those are some of my favorite recommendations. 
that I also recommend to a lot of people because a lot of people enjoy them. They're not just like, a, if you're super into this one niche little corner of reading, right, right. it's a broader scope of books that I think a lot of people can enjoy. So anyone listening, I'm hoping that you'd enjoy them as well. <laughs> I'll give you one more tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. So Kyla, any thoughts you'd give to the girl who started out her undergrad program to the girl who graduated a few weeks it's really weeks ago Uh, any advice you'd give her and I think this advice though is still something that I still continue to have to listen to and I will probably continue to listen to until I am in my dying days but I think that the biggest piece of advice I would give my younger self and anyone is you are putting an obscene amount of pressure on yourself when no one is looking I carried a lot of pressure to succeed and be perfect in a lot of different ways. And in some ways I still do, I'm working on it. Um, but I think we, as a lot of, a lot of people just think that everyone is watching and that we have to perform all the time in a certain way and be a certain person all of the time. And in rea- reality, no one's watching. No. no one really cares. As long as you're doing what you have to do and you're making yourself happy, I think that's the greatest thing that you could do for yourself. And no one's paying attention. They're doing, they're worrying about themselves um, and so I, I think if lessen the pressure. So I want you to maybe write that and keep it in front of you as you start this new education journey. Lessen the pressure, Kyla. It's going to be okay, right? The only person watching is you. And I do want to say how you and I met before we get off, because I think it's funny. And second thing is, anytime uh, we have to tell Auntie Sarah, anytime we say Auntie Sarah, she needs to drink. Because we yes. said her name a lot. So we met via, during COVID, right? And I was doing something called Clubhouse. And good old Auntie Sarah invited you to be a part of it. And it was weekly. And you would come and we'd all share how we were doing and events and life. And you were <laughs> in school and saying how things were going at school. And you were running all these fun activities. and. We just stayed connected. You reached out and you're like, hey, do you need some help with stuff? Right. I think that's how it all came about. Am I recalling it correctly? Uh, March of, I think, 2022. I think we started like actually fully working together. He's like, hey, I'm starting a business. So Kyla runs all the social media on Instagram for the bridge. I send her pictures and she has to cryptically read my mind and figure out what the heck I was doing. No problem. I think, I think we, I, we have telepathy or something because yeah. I figured it out. <laughs> we got it going. So we're up to like 216 followers with all organically created. We never bought any of our viewers. I don't even know. What do you have? Followers. followers. I don't even know how to do that. So I'm kind of. Uh, yeah, I don't either. They're like. How to promote it. I don't know. And uh, before we get off, any last thoughts or let me know when you're ready to jump off the bridge. So um, I, I love doing this and I'm excited to do this again and see where uh, we both are. In yeah. The- oh, no, this is not the last time we speak for sure. Oh, definitely not the last time we speak, seeing that I work. Not even close on the pod. On the pod. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so Tyler, how are we gonna get off the bridge? You get to pick, how do you wanna get off? This is a lot of pressure. I wasn't, this was, I, I didn't expect this one. We can sing off, we can dance off, we can slide off. Like a, you get to slide choose. Off. I don't know how to slide off on Zoom. Let's slide off. <laughs> slide off the bridge. We're gonna slide off the bridge. So thanks for joining us and uh, talk to you all soon.